Thank you for listening to the weekly podcast from San Jacinto Assembly of God in Amarillo, Texas. If you'd like to know more about our church, visit us online at www.sjag.church. Now here's this week's message. I've been preaching the, the sermon series called Why We Do What We Do. And for the last three weeks, I preached about why we gather together and also preached about uh, how we need to grow in the Lord. And, and last week I preached about giving. And I used one of the greatest givers there is, and that was Jesus as my uh, example for the message because he was such a great giver. And so he gave in more ways. Than, and, and so all of us can get a hold of that. And uh, when a message about Jesus does not excite us, then we've got problems. <laughs> Amen. And so he was, he's the greatest giver. And today I'm going to preach that last area of go. And when we look at the word go on, on our mission statement or visionary statement, it just means this simple is that it talks about getting active in ministry somewhere. Talking about going and getting active in ministry somewhere. Because I believe it's important that we do that. You know, when, when the, the, the Lord delivered the the Nemanic uh, there and told him, asked him what his name was. He said, Legion. How many of you remember that story? And, and he delivered all those demons out of him and they went down into the swine and the swine ran off into the water. And he went to jump in the boat with Jesus. And if you'll look that up in Mark chapter 5, you'll find that Jesus said these words to him, go. He said, don't get in the boat with me. He says, go and tell your family all of the good things that you have done, or the Lord has done for me. And so sometimes we forget about that. And sometimes we need to be reminded that the Lord has told us to go and to get in ministry somewhere, be active in ministry of some kind. See, the ministry is not just preaching, but involves many different facets of lives. It's not just preaching. And one of the purposes of the local church is to equip believers for ministry. One of the purposes here, why we come together, one of those purposes is to equip believers for ministry. We've heard the, the scripture in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 12. It says, And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. These that are mentioned in verse 11, listen to this, are considered officers of the church or, or, or more or less the professional ministries that are in the church body. Verse 12 points out one of their purposes as, as those that are officers in the church is that equipping of the saints for ministry. It's to equip the saints for ministry. The King James and others use the word equipping while the King or New King James uses the word equipping while the King James uses the word perfecting. Both words, whether you're looking at them, mean the same thing. To make someone completely adequate or sufficient for something. To equip them, help them to be ready to do what God's called them to do is what it speaks of. Ministry is, is this. When we talk about ministry... It is to render assistance or help by performing certain duties, often of a humble or basic nature. I mean, not every ministry is in the spotlight. There's many ministries that are outside and, and that people do that's never in the spotlight, but they've got a hold of the fact that God wants them to do something. So when we look at ministry, it's not just standing on a platform and preaching, but ministry has to do with service, has to do with helping, and a lot of times it's those basic things that need to be done but we see that God wants us to do those. 
So see, this is critical to see for the office bearer or those that are in those offices mentioned in verse 11, it's not only to be the only ones that do the work of the ministry, but also those other people are to join in with them. In fact, one of the primary tasks for those that are in offices is to equip others for the ministry. And so that's one of the things that needs to be done. Listen, Jesus did this very thing with disciples, with his disciples. For three plus years, they lived with him, they walked with him, and he equipped them for the ministry. Aren't you glad today that he did what needed to be done for his disciples to spread the gospel of Jesus and to minister in all kinds of different ways when he departed? So Jesus was doing that. He still uses that same thing for the church today. So one of those reasons we do what we do is to equip people to get into the ministry and to get involved in the word go. So how is this done? How does the church do this? One of the ways that we do is by exhortations from God's word. By exhortations from God's word. You know, I think it's very critical that a church teaches the Word of God. Amen? How many of you found that the Word of God can challenge you every now and then? It can, it, can, it can make you uncomfortable where you're at. The Word of God is an amazing thing. And so one of the ways that we teach people to go is by the exhortations from God's Word. The word exhortation means to strongly encourage this was the method that was used in the New Testament. You'll find that over 33 times you'll find some form of that word in the New Testament about exhorting. And you'll find that this is the way they did it back then too. Here we use different ways of exhortations, of exhortations. We do it by the preaching of the word. We'll do it by teaching of the word. We'll do it on a one-on-one. -on -one. We do it in small groups such as Sunday school classes in different areas. And we also do it in connect groups. We have these areas that we will exhort the word of God to encourage us to get involved into doing the ministry of the Lord. It's in these areas the Bible tells us in 2 Timothy, when you use the Word of God, 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, all Scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instructions in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Who would agree with me this morning? The Word of God is critical when it comes to our lives and how we learn to do things. But it is critical for exhorting. And it's the Word of God. You know, the thing about it, it's not what Billy says, it's what the Bible says. It's what the Word of God speaks. And we have a lot of people preaching opinions and not preaching the Word of God. Come on. Thank you, Brother Chuck. A lot of people are doing that instead of telling stories. The Word of God is what we come together for, and the Word of God is what we focus on in this church to exhort, to get us to do things, to encourage strongly of what we need to do and so that we can go. Another way we do this, and listen, another way that we encourage to go is by examples. Jesus said this in John chapter 13, verse 15, 17. For I am giving you an example that you should do as I have done to you. And this is literally after he washes the feet of the disciples. He says, most assuredly I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who is sent greater than he who is sent 
who sent him. If you know these things, listen to what it says, blessed are you if you do them. Blessed are you if you do them. Christ was amazing, amen? Jesus led the way in example of service and ministry. Now think about it just for a moment. I don't know, I, I've watched feet, uh, feet worship parties. I've been in some to where they wash your feet. There's nothing more humbling than have someone wash your feet. Could you imagine if it was the Son of God washing your feet? And oftentimes we criticize Peter, and I think most of us say, oh Lord, don't do that. I think Peter was probably more real than anybody else in the Bible when it comes to our raw emotions. And he says, no Lord, and then the Lord says, oh, you're, you know, and then all of a sudden Peter, after Jesus explains why he's doing it, and Jesus says, not only my feet, but my whole body. There's Peter, he's carrying it away again. And the Lord says, no, you're all right, that area. But we find the, the example by Christ. He being God washed the feet of his disciples. He says for them to be servants. And he showed them that he wasn't above serving others and also to do the same thing for them to do it. In Matthew 23 he says this, the greatest among you will be the servant. And so it talks about that going and serving and Jesus tells us that very thing. You know, I was praying Friday in my office and just started thanking God for the servants in this church. And I just started weeping a little bit and I was crying because almost every Friday I hear the pantry crew stocking the shelves and the freezers, getting ready to hand out food on Tuesday because they gave it all away that, that Tuesday before that. I watched three men, don't get upset with me, I watched three men over the age of 70 move a commercial freezer from the gym all the way over into the fellowship hall kitchen where they had to take doors apart. We, we talked about it for several months, but when we get through talking, we're ready. And they got that thing running and it's in the kitchen now for the food pantry. I'm just saying, I, I thought about these guys and how they've done this thing. Every third Saturday, a crew gets together and feeds over hundred, or hundreds at Care Cafe. Wednesday, teachers are prepared for their kids when they come in. Sunday morning, the Sunday school teachers are ready to teach. Nursery workers are ready for every service to minister to your little ones. And the nursery connect group leaders open their house up two times a month and let people come in and be part of their household. Musicians and singers put in countless hours in order to lead us into the presence of God like they did this morning. That wasn't the first time they played those songs. I've witnessed many people give a week of vacation to hang out at Roaring Springs. And if you don't understand what I just said, take a week off and go. Great place for the presence of God. Every Sunday morning we have children workers ministering to your kids in children's church. Making sure they have a great environment. They say, Mom and Dad, come back. Where? I'm talking here at San Jacinto because it's not only by exhortations of the Word that we encourage people to go and serve, but it's also by examples. And we are not short of examples. We have the board that meets every month. They love meeting with me every month. <laughs> Some that was on the board are frowning at me. We have department leaders sacrificing hours in order to lead 
their team into ministry. Ushers, and the list can go on and on. There are example after example after example. Jesus was our example. He says, follow me. Do we have examples in the church of going? Yes, we do. Hallelujah. Of people that are letting God work in their lives. Another area that we can equip is by giving opportunity to minister. Mark chapter 6 verse 7, He called the twelve to Himself and began to send them out two by two and gave them power over unclean spirits. This was a trial run for those disciples. It was a door of opportunity. Up to that moment, Jesus had been doing all the ministry. He'd been doing all the praying. He'd been doing all the casting out the demons and and healing the sick. And and they had been with Him. What? They had been sitting there watching His example and listening to His words that challenged them. And now there was a door of opportunity for them to minister. I'm saying today that this church gives us opportunity and gives you opportunity to minister. One of the ways we do this Care Ministries was launched partly for that very reason, to give opportunity for ministry. How many of you know our church is located in a gold mine for ministry? And sometimes we need to quit complaining about our location and understand God has put us here for a reason. Hallelujah. And that reason is for ministry. Praise be unto God who has anointed us to do such things. We are in a gold mine, which in turn allots plenty of opportunities for ministry here at San Jacinto. And on another note, we have many places a person can minister in the church body and are even willing to expand our ministries if the Lord is moving upon a person to do so. We're even willing to do that at San Jacinto. You know, Tommy Barnett, one of the ways that his church got to doing what it was doing, people would come up to him and say, God, I just feel God's telling me to do this. And he says, well, if God's telling you to do that, feel free, let's get it going, let's get it started. What is he doing? He's expanding in opportunities for ministry. And I'm saying today, we are not locked into doing just 10 things. I'm saying today that we are willing to expand into ministries. It was Debbie Schooling that came up to me after the battle or battle in cancer. Thank God she's cancer free. Amen. Thank the Lord. And she says, you know, Pastor, while I was going through cancer, I just felt that there wasn't that many people that can minister to others while another one's going through cancer. And she says, I've got this ideal. I want to have a cancer fair. And I'm thinking, we never had a cancer fair before. We will never do it. No. I said, cancer fair. I, I, <laughs> Had all of you going, didn't I? Cancer fair, what a great idea. What a great thought. And I thought, how are you going to do that? I had no idea how to put on a cancer fair. But you know, it wasn't my vision nor my calling. 
And I watched Debbie schooling, get things together, organize it, and she had she put on her and her crew put on some great cancer fairs out in this parking lot, and then one at the Tri-State Fair, and, and, and it was amazing things. Those stopped when she moved for a little while and came back. But I'm just saying we're not dead set of just doing like three things and nothing more. We give opportunity at this church for ministry. Care Cafe is born out of the, the, the burden that God had put up on Tanya and Christy's heart when they went down to Louisiana and seen some ministry taking place. And they came back and said, Hey, Pastor, uh, we would love to have a meal in the Family Life Center just to minister to those that are a little less fortunate. That's the whole purpose. Defeat. Let me tell you, I meet people all the time out here who says, Y'all are the church that serves that meal. And they started serving the meal on the first Sunday or the first Saturday. And then they said, could you serve it on the third? Because our money is out by the third. And so they had that meal going and it has blossomed. They served 300 and something people. But what am I saying? We had never done that before in such capacity. I went to the board and said, hey, can we use the gym to serve the neighborhood? You know what the board said? Evidently, yes, because we're doing it. But I'm just saying today, we have opportunities for ministry. And we want to give opportunity if God's putting something upon your heart. That's one of the ways we help people go. I am not dead set on the way we do everything. And if you got something new that you want to do, holler at me. Come to me. Let's have a conversation. Because it is about going and touching people's lives. I don't want to be so brittle in my older age that I snap every time something new comes. So we have this opportunity. This is the job of the church is to equip. This is what we're to do is to equip people. I once heard about a tombstone of an atheist that read, all dressed up and no place to go. Some of you got that. But many Christians have been fully equipped for ministry and service yet are not for sure where to go and have ministry in their lives. Can I tell you this morning, the local church can help believers find that niche in ministry. The local church can help believers find that niche in ministry. Can I say another thing before I go on? That young lady right there came to me one day and says, hey, let's do Adopt-A-Block. And I said, we've never done, a doc we've never done that before. And she has met people in this neighborhood that... She just flows with them, really nice. I mean, if you've ever been around Amanda much, she's just really good with any people. And God's doing an amazing thing through Adopt the Block. Amen? And doing the pantry also. There's just things that are happening in our church that haven't been happening, and I thank God for that. But you know, if we're not for sure exactly, the church can help you find your niche in ministry. Niche a place, employment, status, or activity for which a person or thing is best fitted that niche to where you blossom in ministry. As a pastor over the years, I've seen people that are in a, in a ministry they really should not be in and then realized after I left one church, if I would have put this lady over here, we would have had an awesome ministry because that was her niche. 
And sometimes we get in ministry that really are not what we need to do. Listen, every Christian is to operate in their gift. That's the first thing you have to realize. In 1 Peter 4.10 it says, As every man has received the gift, so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifolds of grace. Every person, everyone in this house this morning, and everyone that's watching online this morning, we have a gift from God. We have a talent that God has given us that we can use. This is the word of God saying that not me. God says we all have a gift. Every one of us have a gift. It also instructs us to minister in that gift. And we should be a good steward with the gift God has given us, the ministry. We don't need to bury it out of fear. Listen, but trust God. If you walk in fear, you'll never accomplish what God's called you to do. Fear is something that's made to keep you and me out of the ministry. If I would have listened to my fear when I heard God calling me to pastor, I'd still be selling parts. One day, the Lord just pushed me out of that. I'm just saying today, fear is not something we need to have. But every one of us today, every one of us sitting here, and I think the first key to finding your niche, you've got to accept the fact that God has given you a gift. I know some of you ladies' gift is some cooking. Amen? What a ministry. Come on, some guys should have amen me right there. What a, what a ministry. There's a ministry, remember, it's not necessarily preaching. It's what God lets you flow in that comes so natural to you. You know, sometimes it's trial and error. Sometimes it's trial and error. Did you know many people go to college to major in one thing and end up doing something else the rest of their lives? And the parents go, why did we waste all that money? How many of you know somebody like that? You know, the thing is, we expect our kids to know exactly what they're going to do at 16 for the rest of their life. So what do you want to do for, your, for the rest of your life? Sometimes you have to try several different things before you find what God wants you to do. And ministry is no different. Ministry can be the same way. If a door opens for you, if, if it's not enjoyable to you, more than likely it's not where your niche is for ministry. If, if you... Can't stand kids? Don't volunteer for the nursery. Don't volunteer for children's church and surely do not go with a lock-in with the youth for 24 hours. Because see, that will not be your niche. It's a sign that you probably are not going to be ministering in that area of the church. We had a youth deal one night after the, I think it's what we called the fifth quarter, after a football game, and we had this Libby Fellowship Hall in Spearman, and it was our turn to host after the game, and there was young people all over the place, and they were all sitting there being nice and polite. No, it was chaos. And there was a guy that, he's a preacher, developing, working on the credentials like I were, and he came up to me and says, you need to make all of them sit down and be quiet. And I said, what, what world do you live in? In other words, he didn't need to be in that room. It didn't bother me at that time because I was probably the one, everybody said, you've settled down a little bit. But I'm just saying sometimes we've got to find our niche. And the church can help someone find their niche in ministry. 
And just because you volunteered for something in an area, don't, it doesn't, I mean, if it's not comfortable for you, don't feel bad when you have to come up to me and say, hey, I don't want to do that. Because it's just nothing flowing. It's not flowing right for you. You know, nothing worse than doing something you don't like. Because it brings a dread into your life, and it also brings a, a, just a not wanting to show up in your life. So we can help with that niche. You can step out of that, but don't quit looking. Amen? If you're not called to that ministry, doesn't mean you're not called to minister. You just haven't found the right place to minister. Amen? You know, some people can love on folks and others can't. Amen? And it's just finding that thing. And the church can help us find that niche. We can, we can find that. The pastor, I remember Brother Ray Cook, he asked me one time, he gave me a scripture and he says, interpret that for me. And I said, he said, I think you're going to be a preacher. And here I am. I'm just saying sometimes we got to look for that niche. What is your niche? What is your niche in ministry? Amen. I don't have to preach like anybody. I just got to preach like God puts on my heart. And that niche is something that we can find. There's people that have found their niche and they blossom in that. And we can help you find that. I don't expect you to stay in a ministry that you do not like. Amen? Because it's not going to help anybody. But I do want you to find a place that you can find your niche. Another thing is we are here to help. That's why we gather together. Remember to go, to help. We are here to, to help. You feel called to preach? Anybody? Gunner's raised his hand. I'm going to help him get into Berean College and he's going to learn more about the Word of God and then he's going to stand behind this pulpit and he's going to preach. You should have went ahead this morning while the Holy Ghost was on you. We can get that offering later. Amen? I thank God for a church that takes people and what they feel in ministry and help them get where they need to be. We have, in this church, we've helped people get credentials. We've sent some to missions. We've sent some different places. I'm going to tell you today, it's just about helping. It's not all about me on the platform. It is about you in the chairs that need to, to get into where God would have you to be. And if it's called a preacher, whatever it is, let me know. We will get the help that you need. Hallelujah. Praise God. Because that's what the church is about. When it talks about go, it's about getting us where we need to fit in with the Lord. Come visit. Come visit. Or maybe, maybe you ask somebody that you trust, say, what do you see my gifting to be? I mean, you know, some people can see your gift when you can't. Amen? They see what you specialize in. It's like I, like I was talking about Amanda. I see her gift in the streets. Street ministry. She does things that would, would really make some of us just shake. That's a gifting. And sometimes people can see your gifting when you can't see it. And sometimes people can be jealous of your gifting and tear you down. The thing is, is that we are here to help. That's why we do what we do. Amen. It isn't just about coming together on Sunday. We're building Amen? And that's what we need to do. So we look at go in ministry. Y'all are looking at go in three minutes. That's not going to happen. 
We're close. Why we do what we do. And one of those things is so that we can go and minister in the gift that God has given us to minister in. Amen? I, I thank God for His gifts that He gives us. But here's, here's the thing. Just because I've preached this last month on gather, grow, give, and go doesn't mean it's something that we are, are getting a hold of. And I think what, how we get a hold of that, how can that be enjoyable for the church? It doesn't need to be something that I'm just talking about. It needs to be something that we buy into. It needs to be something that we think about saying, just saying, oh yeah, we're going to gather, we're going we're to grow, and we're going to give, and we're going to go. It needs to be something that we rally with, something that we get a hold of. But how can that be something that makes it that way in our heart? I, I, got, I got one, I'm concluding right here. I, I got one thought here, and I want you to just think on this just for a moment. Gather, look at the little circle there. See, that's a, a continuous circle on the outside. And it talks about gather, grow, give, and go. Gather, grow, give, and go. What do we do with new converts? We gather them, we grow them, we teach them to be givers, and then we help them to go. Not out of the church, but we help them to be in their ministry. That is not an exit here. Okay, just keep that in mind. Not an exit. This is ministry. Okay. To help us grow in ministry. That's what our, our thought is. How can we do that? How we can enjoy it? How can it be a part of us? We need it to be this right here. Worship. Worship unto God. You know, Romans 12.1 says this. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Who is he talking to here? He's talking to the church. He's talking to the redeemed. He's talking to the born again. This is not to the world. He's talking to us that say we are part of God's family and we are going to live for eternity with Him. He's speaking to us personally. He's saying, hey, you've been born again. So therefore, let you present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service. Now listen, that, that's got a lot of preaching in that one verse, but let me tell you, the reasonable service, it speaks of a rational worship. Service is mentioned and interpreted as worship. It talks about this is how I worship God. I present myself to God. Come on, we get joyful and happy when we talk about Jesus presenting himself upon the cross of Calvary. But on the other side of that thing, he's asking us to present ourselves as a living sacrifice. Not a dead sacrifice. Not a sacrifice that doesn't have any life. But a sacrifice that has the blood, or the blood of the Lamb over it and the Spirit of God dwelling in it. And he says, this is my rational act of worship. My rational. That means I've thought about it. I've chewed on it a little bit. How many of you are chewers? Not tobacco. But you have to think about it and, 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 and let it get going in here for a minute. In this passage of Scripture, he says, I've thought about it. I've rationalized it. And this is my reasonable service that I give everything. You know, when you give yourself as a living sacrifice, you know what's left? Zero. You give it all to God. And you say, God, wherever you have me, wherever the place is, wherever that might be, I'm going to worship you with my body. You know, worship is more than a song. 
Worship is way more than a song. It's way more than a hymn and way more than a contemporary song. Worship is about a lifestyle that is sacrificed unto Christ. And in that, when we go, when we get into that ministry, it's just another step of worship unto God. There's no way I can pay Jesus for what He done for me. Absolutely no way. All I can say, God, I'm just going to give you my whole self. And there, I'm going to present it on the altar. And I'm going to serve you with all that I've got. God, you want me to go here? I'm going there. God, you want me to do this? I'm going to do that. God, you want me to operate in the gift that you've given me? I'm going to operate in the gift that you've given me. Because God has gifted all of us. How can I gather? You know why I gather? Because I love Jesus. I give God myself. You know why I'm growing? It's because I want to worship God. You know why I'm giving? It's because I love the Lord. I worship the Lord in my giving. And you know why I'm in ministry? Listen, if I would have listened to myself, I would have never got in ministry. But the reason I'm in ministry is because I worship my God. It's all about worship. Everything flows out of your worship to God. You want to be happy in your ministry? Get back to worship. Amen? You want to be happy about gathering together? Get back to worship. You want to be happy about giving, whether it's your money or your time or whatever it may be, giving generous to other people? Get back to worship. It all centers around that worship. So why do we do what we do? Is that we can be all that God wants us to be.